Welcome to the QAV Podcast. This is episode 438, recorded on the 20th of September 2021. This week on the free episode of the podcast, we're talking about a new tool that we have for doing three-point trend lines developed by one of our QAV club members. Uh, we talk about another QAV club member's uh, terrific uh, returns on straw man using QAV. I think it was like 68%. Uh, the MYE fatality and price drop last week, ZGL's price update, uh, FMG's uh, huge drop and execs are leaving in droves there at Fortescue, CVW's financials not being exactly correct and Stock Doctor handling some tricky flatline graphs, corporate tax hikes going on in the Senate in the US and the impact that may have on markets. Talk about uh, S32 as a zinc miner, and that's about all we have in the free show this week. There's a lot more in the uh, premium edition of the episode this week, goes for an extra hour or so. Uh, for those of you that are brand new, let me just explain a little bit about what you're getting yourself into here. Um, if you've heard the show before, just fast forward a minute or so. So this is a podcast where we talk about investing, uh, obviously in the Australian Stock Exchange. Uh, my name's Cameron Riley. My co-host, uh, Tony Kynaston, is a very successful investor. I've been doing it for 27 years. He gets very good returns. And he's got a system, a methodology that he's developed over those decades and that's kind of what we teach on this podcast, how to invest like Tony invests. He's a value investor, sort of the Warren Buffett style, but he does it a little bit differently. But his returns are almost as good as Buffett's. Hasn't been doing it as long as Buffett, only about half as long, but his returns are pretty good. Um, so, you know, you, you might hear a lot of uh, jargon in the podcast, uh, things that, that assume a, a level of a priori knowledge. Apologize for that. Um, but, you know, people that have been listening for a while understand what's going on. If you want to uh, go back to the beginning and, and learn some of the basics, we recommend listening to episodes 301, 303 and 305. That's where uh, we sort of do a background on Tony and how he developed the system and how the system works. Then a lot of this stuff will make more sense. Uh, we have a, a, a premium club called QAV Club where we have uh, premium episodes that go for a lot longer. We answer questions and we have meetups and there's a private Facebook group and stuff like that for those people that are serious investors, I guess. Uh, I guess for now, you can listen to the free episode. If you want to know any more, you can check out our website. With that, uh, let's get into it. Welcome back to our little uh, radio show. Isn't that what, um, that's what What's His Face says? Late Night Live, old ABC guy, been around forever. Back, dear listeners, to our little radio show, Philip Adams. That's him. Welcome back. Yeah, he's, he's, I love listening to Philip Adams, that syrupy late night voice. Yeah. Yeah, I've always sort of thought of myself as the Philip Adams of podcasting, except for the intelligence and the uh, syrupy late night voice. I was going to say, that's funny. I've never thought of you of the Philip Adams of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of Philip Adams, a little bit of Roy and HG, a little bit of, I don't know, some idiots. How are you, TK? You're, I mean, basically Sydney's out of lockdown now from what I hear. It's all all guns blazing. Oh, it's a picnic here at the moment. Yeah, it's great. Literally, you had a picnic yesterday. We had a picnic yeah. yesterday, caught up with my sister who I haven't seen for over three months. It was good. So that must be a big relief. But it was good. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
Oh, good. Well, it's it's been a rough stretch for you guys. I'm glad things. I just hope the the medical system handles it okay in the yeah. next month or so. Well, we're going to have a guest coming up on the show mm. today, Tony James Williamson from Wentworth <laughs> Williamson. You sound like uh, Kevin Bridges there. Okay. Do you know the Scottish comedian? Right. I've been watching heaps of Kevin Bridges. He, no, I don't because know. he speaks with a Scottish accent. He slows it down. And and the famous one is I I hired a personal trainer. He asked me what I ate. I couldn't tell him I had chip butties, so I wrote down avocado. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what an avocado is. <laughs> uh, so anyway, James Williamson. Well, I read an article, an interview with him in the Fin a few months ago, and invited him on the show. He's a value investor. So it'd be good to chat to him. Meantime, uh, the big news for this week, Tony, uh, well, it was actually last week, but we didn't get to talk about it, is uh, the new theme for the podcast. That's what everyone wants to know about, <laughs> a.k.a. Tony's theme. That you did. Me- you mentioned it in After Hours at the end, and then you sent it to me, and I worked it in. You did. I liked it. Yeah, I liked thank you. It. I-, I liked the way right. you skillfully went around my vocals. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a big improvement. <laughs> I didn't want to scare people too much. No, I, fair uh, enough. Yeah, <laughs> you know what the recording se- the recording session was like. Who's going to sing on this? <laughs> it's like take one step forward. <laughs> Everyone else took two <laughs> steps back. <laughs> right, and you're your, you were the birthday boy, right? So yeah. you had to step up. And- yeah, that's good. But seriously, the big news for us this week is something we soft launched in beta yesterday, which is the Brettelator. I think I'm going to call it. <laughs> We need a name for it. <laughs> Brett Fisher, QAV Club member, long-term QAV Club member from Western Australia. And IT Wiz has been working with you and by himself over quite a few months to mm-hmm. develop. Is what? Brett, are you sure Brett's from WA? <laughs> <laughs> I was until you said that. <laughs> I've got a feeling I met him at a Melbourne dinner, but I could, could have it confused. Or maybe he came to Melbourne. Maybe. Hang yeah. out. Oh, 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 God damn it. Now I have to look this up. <laughs> because I think the Melbourne QAV group have been using it to test it as well before Brett showed me. God damn it. Okay, Brett from Victoria. <laughs> well, I kept, I kept, when I was setting up, he's going to come on the show next week or this week or something for a chat. And I said to him in the email, so that's Eastern time, thinking he was in WA. Uh, Brett from Victoria. I've probably met Brett at a dinner down there too. Sorry, Brett. So so many people, so so many names to remember. Uh, anyway, back to that. Brett and you have been working together. Brett doing the work, you doing the uh, testing. Uh, yeah. Bit Developing this three-point trend line. <laughs> bit, <laughs> bit to the left. Bit to the right. Yeah. <laughs> now, just write three my name tre- on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I'm gonna I'm gonna get this story out sooner or later. I don't. <laughs> Brett developed a three-point trend line automator calculator. All you have to do is open up the sheet, Google Sheet, plug in the code of the stock that you want to graph for, and it draws the graph for you. Tells you what the buy price is, tells you what the sell price is, tells you it's a, if it's a Josephine, plots the graph, shows you the graph, does it all for you 100% perfectly accurate every time. 
except for the times it doesn't because there's Asterisk. a few issues, mostly mostly to do with Google Finance, not to do with Brett's coding, yeah. but uh, we'll talk through some of those. But uh, that's that's the first step because uh, mm. we know that three-point trend line drawing has traditionally been probably the biggest challenge that new QAV club yeah. members have had. And so good on Brett for uh, stepping yeah. up and doing no, it's, something it's about great. it. It's he's, great. I mean, it's a really good product and he's been working tirelessly on it. We've just been iterating a bit on the rules and, and I like when I've been doing my downloads, I've been comparing them to Brett's graph and then going back and saying, hey, what about this, what about that? And it's been really helpful because it's also helped, just like working with Dylan, it's also helped like nail down some of the three-point trend line rules. So that's been good. But, yeah, as you say, I mean, we'll get um, Brett on to talk about it. Please treat this as a beta version and before you buy something, check out your own, you know, graphs in Stock Doctor or Yahoo Finance or whatever you use because, I mean, first of all, it's it's a Google sheet. So when you get a copy, you save it to your own area because it's a read-only version and the one that we're releasing. But if you save as to your own file, it'll become usable. So that's the first step. Second step is it, it doesn't handle small stocks very well. When I mean when I say small stocks, I mean stocks that have a decimal point in their shares, like if it's 10.5 cents or um, 40.25 cents or whatever, it, the Google feed for the stock price doesn't handle the decimal place, so it rounds, so that could be a problem. And what else? Brett's just coded it to receive month-end prices, so... If there's a sentiment's broken during the month, it may not pick it up, probably won't pick it up, but that's another issue. And, uh, yeah, it uses yesterday's closing price. So, like, if you jump on today and want to see if something's, you know, reversed or gone ahead, you just need to be aware that it's not going to pick up today's price. So they're kind of the ones that come to top of mind. But, yeah, please treat it as a beta. Feedback comments on any issues you have or improvements that could be made and, and um, yeah, we'll take it from there. But well done, Brett. It's fantastic. I was blown away and it's been really helpful for me during company reporting season. It's a real good product. Yeah. And at the very least, like when you're using the sheet, when it generates the graph, have a look at the chart and see if it makes sense Have to you. And then you might want to open up Stock Doctor and, and uh, compare it there too. One of the other things that we picked up when we were doing the checklist this week, this morning, is that it also it does pick up Josephine's, as was a, a recent thing that Brett added, but he's only looking at the end of last month's price and the end of yesterday's price. And if the, the latter is lower than the former, it will flag it as a Josephine. However, in some cases, we were looking at this morning, the share price yesterday may be the same as the end of last month's share price. So it doesn't pick it up. It just sees it as a flat line. But I think we were looking at RVR this morning and it was quite obviously a falling knife. The price had been falling consistently since January. So in some cases like that, it's not going to be 100% accurate picking up Josephine's and falling knives if the downward trend goes back further than the end of last month. So keep an eye on that. But uh, yeah, and so, you know, we've been talking, well, ever since we started this thing about one day being able to turn a lot of the this stuff into a code and, you know, the work that you've been doing with Dylan and the work with Brett and, you know, the work that Andrew Flitman's done is all helping us start to figure out how to code this stuff. And, you know, we're going to try and hire a team of people to take this and, uh, you know, 
progress it, you know, come up with more and more sophisticated tools to make it just easier for us and and the folks listening to get to a scorecard as quickly and as painlessly as possible. Yeah, a whole team. We're going to hire legions of coders to do it. Okay. We're, we're, we're looking for one one guy or girl, you know, who's prepared to work, work for, for nothing. For work for likes or clap, <laughs> clapping or something. I didn't want to be that transparent. I wanted it to make it sound like... You know, we were taking this seriously, but now that you've gone and done that, I guess uh, we are taking it seriously. (laughs) And the other thing I want to point out is we're going to discontinue the shared manual data sheet now that we're putting out the uh, scorecard and your scoring behind the scorecard Mm -hmm. each week. We're going to discontinue the manual, the shared manual data sheet. If for no other reason, then uh, pretty much nobody was adding to it (laughs) apart from you, me, and I think Gary, Mm. maybe one of uh, two other people. But yeah, so don't go looking for that anymore. I'll take it down off the club member resources page because you've now got spreadsheets again to look at each week. So if if you want to see the qualified audits, which is the thing that I mostly use it for, you can you can go and check Tony's spreadsheet to see if he's been able to find one or mm-hmm. not when you're doing your own manual data. Moving on, Gary, speaking of Gary, Maestro now, he posted his portfolio performance the other day, his paper portfolio, I think, as it's tracking in right. straw man. Thank you. And uh, he's killing it, 68.6% over 12 months. That's uh, pretty good, Gary. That's very good. Very good. Well done, Gary. Well done for setting it up on straw man and well done for having such an impressive result. It's good. And he was still holding FMG when he posted that as well and still had that result. <laughs> well, have you seen what happened to FMG today? Not today, no. What happened? Uh, last time I had a look, it was down to like $14.50. Wow. I did read that a lot of their execs leaving. Oh, really? Hadn't seen that. Yeah. They've had a bunch of execs leaving, something to do with bonuses getting cut or something like that. They just posted a $14 billion profit, so don't know why that would be. Yeah, so the price has dropped from like 18 bucks down to just below 15 It got lower, but yeah. Yeah, $14.63 I'm seeing in Stock Doctor at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. 68 I've got. Yeah, Wow. So you got to add the dividend back, you know, to take it up to sixteen fifty or sixteen sixty or so. But but still, right. I hope everyone got out clean. Yeah. Well, you did give everyone a warning a few weeks ago when we got out. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was a good call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Mye had a mining fatality last week, and the share price took a big hit. Yeah, I mean, it's always difficult to talk about something like that because of all the personal impacts it has on the people involved. The share price took a hit, but it seems to have flat stopped going down. In fact, I think it was up today too in a gliding market. So I imagine there's some buying coming back. I don't know much about Mastermind other than what I read, and it's a, a mining operator, a contract mining operator and a contract mining services provider. So basically, you know, providing contract to consult at mines and, and provide labour to mines. But it has moved into running mines completely for, a, for a, uh, in this case, I think it's a, an overseas holder. They had a fatality, so there'll, there'll obviously be repercussions from that. Pretty hard to know what the impacts will be. There's a couple of things sprung to mind when I had a look. The first one is that they're buying another company. I think it's called Rybar, R-Y-B-A-R, which is another consult mining uh, contracting company. And they're, they're going to... Uh, I think they're either I think they're either issuing shares or raising shares to 
raising money through a share issue. Either way, that's going to be impacted by the price being you know 10% lower or whatever it is to what it was like before the uh, incident at the mine. So that might be a risk. Another risk is that they've they've got two of these whole of mine contracts. I think possibly a third coming on, but yeah, it may be difficult for them, depending on what caused the accident, it may be completely out, outside of their control, but it may be it may impact their their work, you know, their ability to tender going forward or win tenders going forward. So in the absence of any anything else, there's been no uh, announcement since the initial announcement about the incident, no additional updates from the company, so it's pretty hard to know what's going on. And, uh, and, and of course, the news has moved on after the initial incident. So, you know, in the absence of anything else, we have to be guided by sentiment and the sentiments stop going down as slightly turning up. So I don't own this stock. Um, I think if I did, I'd be holding on to see what happens. Yeah, I guess the question I had for you, which I think you've answered, is uh, whether or not it was a bad news sell. I guess it's a different kind of bad news. Yeah, it's, we, it is. It, it's, it's a well different. Above sorry. The, it's sorry, I was going to say it's well above its sell line. Yes, but um, it's not like the CFO uh, suddenly resigned or the CEO suddenly resigned. It's also not well, like uh, from day one, you know, people came out like the mining union came out and said, look, it's all their fault. They've got a history of bad management. They were cutting corners. They were, you know, working people too hard. No one said anything like that yet. So it could just be an accident. So, yeah, we just don't know. It was one of the better performers in my portfolio hmm. up until it plummeted last week. It was up like 20 30%. Right. Then it dropped. It's back up above water. But anyway, yeah, it's very sad for the hmm. uh, families involved. ZGL price update, Tony. So we very bravely put ZGL up as our first uh, stock of the week back on the 7th of September when it was at 12 cents. It's now 10 cents. What do you have to say for yourself? It wasn't our first stock of the week. It was our first stock of the week that we started using after we had the uh, got the AFSL license. AFS license, yeah. Well, I've got to say for myself, uh, nothing, nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> right, move yeah. along, move along. Yeah. yeah. So look, it's down, it's down two cents a share. It's a in a small stock. It's very illiquid. It dropped and then it stopped. Nothing's traded for a while. So that that's the way these stocks worth work. The the thing I think it looked like that it may have dropped that those two cents. Which you know, admittedly, it was about fifteen percent based on the the share price. At I think it was like. 11 and a half or 12 cents when it dropped. So it's, it's a big yeah. drop percentage-wise, but not much in terms of um, cents. But we recommend, I, in retrospect, shouldn't have recommended it before it released its annual results, which came out like a couple of days after I recommended it. But that's, that's how I do it. Oftentimes, if they're good on the QAV checklist, the results come out and the share price goes up, right? Didn't in this yeah. case because the company had a loss. Went from a profit to a loss. However, drilling into it, the, the operating cash flow generated by the company is still very strong. In fact, I think it's even a record half for it, which is why it scored very well and still does score very well uh, from a QAV point of view. But uh, they repaid a, a, a whole heap of debt, like about $17 million, I think, from memory, which is why they, they declared a, a loss. So they basically used their record operating cash flow to pay down a whole heap of debt. So you know, I'll give it a, a a leave pass on that one, even though it's a loss. I can understand why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So so we'll hold. So, we'll see what what happens with its share price. Okay. 
CVW. We uh, were talking about CVW. I think it was your pulled pork recently. <laughs> and then uh, Murray on uh, Facebook pointed out, who I can confidently say is in WA. Yes. <laughs> Murray <laughs> pointed out that the figures in Stock Doctor were incorrect. Mm. You've uh, looked into it a little bit? Yeah, looked into it a little bit and also spoke to Stock Doctor. And Murray's right to the point that I think it uh, it affects the PL part of Stock Doctor. So what Stock Doctor have told me is that because it's an insurance company, which is a bit different to most other companies, that some of the wires got cross-loading the PL items into uh, from their data provider into Stock Doctor. They'll fix that, but they they have advised it may take one to two weeks. But you know, looking at it to reconcile it myself, the cash flow report still reconciles properly, so those figures are good. So our I don't think our QAV score will change very much once the figures are actually righted by the data provider to Stock Doctor. But yeah, right. they're, they're, um, it does look a bit funny at the moment. PE looks wrong. So the score may bounce around a little bit, but the price to operating cash flow won't change, which is the big driver for the QAV score, especially That's in a stock thing. like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, good pick up on that one anyway, Murray. Yeah, thank you, Murray. Now, Duncan sent us an email with a bunch of graphs to check. This is before the Bredelator came out. And he. <laughs> and You want a byline? Talk to me, the Bredelator. <laughs> That's Mad Max, sorry. Not the Terminator. About three miles from here, I saw a rig that'll pull that thing. Tanker. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. What a great line. Duncan uh, sent us his email with a bunch of graphs, and I reviewed them and agreed with uh, his call on some and disagreed with others, but then I sent it to you, and you shot me down on some of them. It was in a nice way, in your own nice way, but it was a real education that um, I still got a lot to learn about doing three-point trendline graphs. Uh, you know, but now I have the bread later, so, yeah, that's one <laughs> problem solved. But can we can we talk about a couple of these? Because uh, I just want to see your thinking on this. First, let's have a look at KPT. KPT, baby, you know me. Kangaroo Island Timber from memory. Yes. Now, this one is one of these weird-looking charts from memory, and I think we've talked about it before on the show. It's basically had a flat line mm-hmm. basically since, what, March 2017. Yeah. It was tr- it was trading at uh, $245 <laughs> and then it dropped to a nice round like $2.36 <laughs> and it stayed there ever since. Now, I mean, why the hell you would buy that? I don't know, but you you said something happened and we have to look at a shorter time frame, right? Yeah, so I don't know what happened, but something happened. It may even have just been some kind of share split. I know in my research for the company, certainly it wasn't as far back as 2017, but this is a this is Kangaroo Island Plantation Timbers. So it's obviously a, a timber farm and sawmill and it was wiped out in the bushfires, what, 18 months ago now? So it has... Basically, I was going to say sprung from the ashes, but that's a bad pun. It's oh. it's, it's pivoted, so they're, they're not going to try and replant the plantation timber. I imagine that would be a 
would take them many decades to get that back. They're going to pivot to an agricultural company. So I don't know if it was something like that that caused the big sell-off in 2017. That would have been before the bushfires, but perhaps there was something else that happened back then of a similar nature. But anyway, the share price was either restructured or there was a big um, sell-off. And then again, in since then, uh, there's been um, the issue of the bushfires. So it's if you look at it from a five year on a five year graph, all you see is a flat line, as you said. But if you go back and look at it on a three year graph, which is an option in Stock Doctor, it starts to make sense, and you can see that again, it dropped down in September. The high point was September two thousand and nineteen. Low point was June twenty twenty. So I imagine, and there was a big drop from around February 2020, so that would have been the bushfires, I guess, wiping out the plantation. But since then, they've done a fair bit to try and pivot the company to being an agricultural company, and it's the share price is starting to increase from there. The low was at eight cents, oh, is it? Yeah, 0.8 cents of a share, and it's now back up to a, is that point? No, it's 80 cents a share, and it's now back up to a dollar seventeen. So the lesson here for me is if I see something that looks weird, like the KPT anomaly, the big mm-hmm. flat line, instead of just going, eh, I should stop and think, <laughs> why, why does it look like that? And, you know, do some more work. Yeah. I mean, just from my experience, if you see that kind of graph, go to a three-year one and see if there's a better graph to work with because right. something's happened in the longer term. And that's allowable under QAV is to look at a shorter time frame. Yeah, well, three years. Three years is still a long time frame. And we're still using a monthly graph and it makes the whole thing much clearer. It better reflects the situation for this particular company. Yeah. So something dramatic happened and the company is a different company today to what it was before the plot. Correct. Yeah. Okay. See, always learning, Tony. I'm always learning. I'm slow. But uh, I get there. Slow. Uh, You're a Terminator, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. I'm the slow Terminator. I'm not like the. I'm not like the T100. That's uh, just uh, you know, or the T1000, where it was just. I'm just. I'm the slow version. I'm like Arnie now is the Terminator. Like I'm in a wheelchair Terminator, slowly making progress. There was a couple of others here that was interesting. RVR we've already talked about in a way, but um, WMC, this is another one where you wanted to unflatten the prices. And I know we talked about this on the show just last week. Steve asked about it. We thought it was Western Mining Corporation and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah so again, a case, thing. a case where you need to use the three-year to unflatten the graph or to make it more useful. Yeah, yeah, so it's been been on a long, steep decline for um, quite a while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so actually in this case still use the high point from five years ago. In fact, I think I did with, I think I did with Kangaroo Island too. But, you know, if you just look at the five-year graph, you can't see anything to put to, to anchor as H2. So I, I dropped back to a three-year and you can see that Again, the, around the low point was May 2019, and that was at 70 cents, and it's now back up to a dollar two. So um, there has been some growth since then, and you can see so it what are you to three year line. What are you using as H2 here? Yeah, so this is a case of you know the buy line following the sell line. So it would have been a sell 
Uh, so the L, L1 is May 2019. L, the first L, time L2 would have been used would have been March 2020, which would have made it a sell around February or maybe even January or February 21. But I can get a, a sell line, uh, sorry, a buy line after that using the July 2021 peak as the H2 peak. And where does the Bredelator put this? Oh, I don't know. Just bringing it up. Uh, so Brett's got a buy line much earlier than me, but he sits in a buy situation according to him, I think. What's he got? Yeah, he's got a sell price of 95 cents and it's currently a dollar two and a half. Okay. So again, the lesson is to just think, drill well, it's down. Just, yeah, it's these. just experience, really. The lesson is just you'll know this after a while that you'll see these stock graphs that fall off a cliff four years ago. So use the three-year graph to see how it's going. Yeah, right. Mm. Okay. Well, that's, right. that's, that's good. Yeah. Let's move right along. You want to talk about corporate tax? We've got about probably five minutes before James is due to join us. Okay, let's just run through a few things then. Corporate, yeah, so we were talking before about the Buffett ratio and how I was saying that it should be viewed these days between through the lens of low interest rates and corporate tax rates because corporate taxes were lowered under the Trump administration. There's now a bill before the well, Congress in the U.S., which is the $3 trillion-odd infrastructure bill, but it also contains a corporate tax rate hike, which isn't receiving as much press over here as the $3 trillion infrastructure spend is. So I guess the upshot is I think Goldman Sachs came out and said that if the bill got passed, they think it would decrease corporate earnings by 5% next year. So that that's going to be a hit to the market. Obviously, if earnings go down and the PE ratio doesn't go down then or doesn't change, then the, the share price will drop. So I just wanted to mention that, that, uh, that that might be another factor to take into consideration when we're thinking about the future, that corporate earnings are probably going to drop in the US regardless of how well they do. The other thing that came out in the last week or so was US inflation numbers, which were north of 5%, and expectations of, of inflation, which is another survey that they do of of consumers is expecting that to get worse in the next 12 months. So there's a big debate going on around whether or not inflation is temporary or whether it's entrenched. Certainly the consumer thinks it's entrenched and sometimes these things are just perceptional. So if the consumer thinks inflation is coming, they may well try and save more and spend less. They may bring spending forward to try and buy things now before they go up in price, which means that they're short of cash in the future. So there's a few sort of things going on here which aren't pointing towards a bright future, I don't think anyway, necessarily going forward for the share market. don't want to be a harbinger of doom, but these things are going on in the background that we should be aware of. A couple of other things that happened during the week. We spoke about coal and uranium last week and how their three-point trend lines are going up, which, which they are. One of the commodity stocks I didn't talk about last week, which had been on the buy list up until a little while ago, I think perhaps even up until its last results, which caused the share price to improve, is, is South32. S32 is the code, which does have coal mines in its portfolio, but it also has, uh, it also mines, um, they call it alumina, but I guess it's bauxite, and Zedden, lead and zinc. And all four of those are going up at the moment. It's off the buy list now. It's got a QAV score of 
0.07 the last time I had a look, but people might want to, and I own it too, so don't necessarily take that as a recommendation. But if there is a bit of a period in the market where it does downturn a little bit, this one might come back on the buy list. Well, that's the end of the free episode this week. In the premium episode, if you're interested, we did a 40-minute interview with James Williamson, the value investor, founder, executive director, and chief investment officer at Wentworth Williamson Management. Uh, we also talked about ATL and their Camplify uh, ownership, um, part ownership. Uh, MYR is profitable again, but the numbers aren't in stock, Doctor, yet. MWI was removed from our scorecard because of the, the lumber commodity graph. SRG breaching its sell line, MIN being an iron ore sell. Why BLX fell nearly 7% recently, why CDM went down, why EHL and ABA aren't on the scorecard. How to uh, deal with SMSFs and trust deeds, why Tony bought NAB, why WAF is dropping the sell line for Zim, copper price heading in the right direction, and we do a thing called After Hours. Uh, Anyway, so that was the full episode. Hope you enjoyed what you got to listen to. As I said at the beginning, if you want to check out the the full premium service, go to the website and uh, maybe have a look at the two-week free trial that we've got there. You can find that on the website and go back and have a listen to those episodes 301, 303, and 305. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Good luck with your investing. Stay safe. QAV Podcast is a production of Spacecraft Publishing Proprietary Limited, authorised representative of AFSL 520442, AFS representative number 00129217182. Please don't make any investment decisions based solely on listening to this podcast. This is presented as general advice only, not personal financial advice. We don't know your personal financial circumstances. Please see a financial planner before making any investing decisions.